Folks, we're back here with uh, my boy Andrew Jensen from the Alaska Journal of Commerce. What are you, managing editor? Managing editor. See, I'm editor in chief. Right. That's because you got to name yourself. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Move the mic up just a, was a not, tad bit. Uh, King Hefe, Jeff. Uh, we, I mean, that's the thing when you're when you're. We'll, we'll, we'll go into this later, right? But when you're truly wo- woke, to me, truly woke is when you realize the kind of corporate corporatization of society and how we all just work for some. Most of us, everybody works for someone. And you just have to like almost everyone. You just yeah. have to like you. You just get stuck in this world where it's like work to make somebody else money to like survive. And being truly woke to me is like you can just not have a boss and just do whatever you want. Yeah, that's woke. The, the freedom to not give a, you know, give a fuck because yeah, society. Exactly. I mean, you know, think about how we all just have to. Mm-hmm. Most people, and I've been there for years. I have a job, have a boss, and right. You, you know, know who's in that position, right? Don Young. <laughs> Young, he can do whatever he wants. He can go to cannabis shops. He can headbutt cameras. He can pull it. But, but that wasn't a headbutt. No, I know, but I, I'm going to call it a headbutt because obviously it was a joke. I mean, if he actually really wanted to headbutt somebody, it was done to be funny. He gave him the extreme close-up. He bopped it, and then he laughed. It was he so, it was so, did, it, did not intend anything bad. It was so it. telling how many... You know, and I'm not one to be, you know, criticize the media or fake news, but, I mean, fuck, so many people called it a headbutt. I mean, right. I mean, I, I put in my Sunday column a clip from Cliffhanger when, when before he tried to kill the guy and kick him off the soccer player, mm-hmm. tried to kick him off the fucking ledge. Right. He grabbed him by the thing and he like slammed his fucking face into the guy's head. That's a headbutt. That's a headbutt. You know, yeah. I mean, Don Young wasn't, I mean, Don Young has definitely been more physical with other reporters. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, so, but you know, he's in the he's in the enviable just, position where he really. He's pretty woke. Yeah, he and he doesn't give a fuck. Just wasn't a headbutt. Yeah, no, um, it wasn't. It wasn't. And I mean, move on dot org. I mean, they can get bent. I don't mind him ignoring them, just pestering with these. I'm sure he knew who the guy was, and he's like, "Look, you know, I'm not going to even engage." No, it's a, first of all, it's a stupid question. It's a stupid question. So he kept asking him. Yeah. Uh, oh, is well, it okay is it okay for foreign countries to interfere interfer- in our elections? You know, I mean, I would have probably turned around and said, "Okay, so do you know who Alexandra Chalupa is?" And if the guy doesn't know. Tell him to you know go get woke and then come back and talk I, to me. I, I, I might have, I might have said um, that's a good question. Uh, no, but let's talk about U.S. interference and other countries' elections in the <laughs> last sixty years. Everybody's elections. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> South America. Yeah, Obama's well yeah. endorsing prime minister candidates, but I mean, we've gone much much more overt and covert efforts to, to influence. We used to be elections. covert. You know, we've. I mean, with you know, look at the, the whole thing in Ukraine. Going back for years involves various different proxy war of Russia getting their guy in Ukraine or well, there the was U.S. The, getting their guy. There was the Yanukovych-Yushchenko deal. Right. So, was, so the, the power structure in Ukraine has been this tug of war between somebody who's favorable to the West or who's favorable to Russia, you know, going on for, for decades now, ever since the end of the Cold War and where Russia get, regained some influence that, that Ukraine's been in the middle of this tug of war between the West well, and, and, and Russia. Ukraine's literally in the middle of Europe. Right. I mean, it's considered Ukraine part of right. Europe, but, you know, the, mm. the NATO countries of Europe. Right and Russia, and yeah. it's like this. It's a huge country, yeah. And, and we convinced them to give up their the nuclear weapons that were stationed there after the Soviet Union broke up, basically with a protection or a promise, well, there, of, there a promise a, of, of of protection. There was a, there a was promise a, of a security type. There was guarantee. a treaty, yeah. And it, it was it was it was um, but some of it was verbal, where we said NATO would not encroach to the east. 
which, which, no, I'm which, talking about which as far the, as Ukraine, getting Ukraine to give up its weapons. Right, right, right. but the, there was two things. There was well, one with Russia. NATO wouldn't um, encroach to the east. And in, in Ukraine, we said, if you give up the nukes, like you said, we will, right. we will, you know, basically get your, got your, get your back. Right, right. And, and that's why, and it's been just this tug of war ever since between Russia and everything. And so it's interesting that all of this, you know, is coming back to to Ukraine of all places because Ukraine I mean Politico had a story in in January 2017 before Trump was even inaugurated that was talking about how Ukrainian officials were tr- were, were working to mend fences with the incoming administration because they've been working directly with the DNC and with Hillary's campaign uh, to undermine Trump you but know I, the, the I, release I, of the Manafort I, and information came from Ukraine he was, you know, he was so over there working he was making uh, millions no no no, of no, 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 no. The, the, the black ledger is is never even been verified and in fact a Ukrainian court ruled that it constituted interference in the U.S. election for that ledger, which was part of an ongoing case, to be leaked. And it was leaked at the behest of uh, people who were working for the Democrat National Committee. So the, the, it's just odd to me that of all places on the planet where st- all this stuff could be coming back to, it's all coming back into Ukraine. But I, mean, I, think, I think you and I, I, mean, I, I would hope you would agree that, you know, it's, it's wrong. I don't care who you are, Republican, Democrat. It's, it's, we shouldn't be having foreign countries get involved in our elections. And I mean, I think it's happened... On, on both sides, well, people have well, done true. shady well, shit. Well, I mean, and that's what I'm, exactly, right? But so what did Trump ask them about? He asked them about the interference that originated in Ukraine during the 2016 election. Okay, so we know there's well, been, there's been lots of- but he also asked about Biden's no, son. No, but they were, no, but that was totally unrelated. That was 500 words later in the transcript. They were, was, they were talking still, about- that still a thing no, he it was not, no, I know, but it didn't have anything to do with- the election corruption that happened in 2016, of which Ukraine, Ukraine played a role. No, I think and it it's absolutely go- appropriate for Trump. I've read the transcript, Jeff. Has, I know so what it says. I, so it had to do yeah. going forward, what, what this guy Biden... Biden's son shouldn't have been working that fucking bullshit. No, of course not. I mean, and that's why John Kerry's stepson cut ties with, with Hunter back in 2014, was because he was like, you're crazy. You can't, you, you can't get involved but, 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 in this company in Ukraine. Bill Maher said it best. He said, can these kids of these rich fucking politicians get a fucking job? And not rely on their parents' name to make all this fucking well, crazy money. It happens. It happens a lot. Well, it's very common. Look at our. I mean, what are we with? Bush, Clinton, Clinton, Bush, Bush, and then we almost had Clinton. I mean, it's ridiculous. The the well, last. Like, what the name, fuck is Chelsea Clinton? I mean, what is she doing? She's, she's, I don't know. I mean, I've heard she's everywhere. She's going to end up running for some House seat or something or some Senate seat in 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 New York at some point. You know, uh, of course, because the Clintons got to keep the money it, drift. It, it, it's like the, the Biden kid in Ukraine. He was making more in China, but he was making like. It was like was it like eighty grand a month? It was from various estimations, and there was and there was uh, on something you didn't even have any experience with, right? Of course, I mean they obviously were doing it to buy influence. You know, you talk about you talk about quid pro quos. I mean, this is on its face a quid pro quo because now you have emails that have come out from John Solomon uh, reporting where he's uncovered emails uh, uh, that are from State Department officials requesting meetings over this investigation in Ukraine, and they specifically mentioned in the email, by the way, there's two prominent Americans on the board of this company. So the State Department was dropping Hunter's name, which is exactly what Burisma wanted when they hired him. But, they but, wanted but, people but you, to know you, this you, is you, Biden's you, kid you, on you, our board. You're saying you don't think Trump was trying to get Ukraine to help him dig up dirt on Hunter Biden to, to go attack Joe Biden, his pro- probably okay, opponent. Okay, now if Joe Biden was using U.S. influence in a foreign country to benefit his family, isn't that corrupt? It is. Okay. But when you have the president using the threat of holding military He never aid threatened back. to withhold aid. You know, you're, you're repeating this, this, no, re- this false re- narrative. He, he, never ta- he never talked about withholding Before aid. Before that, and then he, he said, I need a favor. 
he did, right before yeah, that, and, and no, about, when he talked about needing a favor, he was talking about crowd strike, and he was talking about 2016. <laughs> no, Jeff, look at the no. He's when he, he goes, says I need, I need a, a favor. Yes, and he was talking, and he said I need a favor. I've heard we've heard these these things about crowd strike and the server in Ukraine. He was talking about the 2016 stuff, and then there's a bunch of other paragraphs, and then he says, oh, and yeah, and uh, this stuff about Joe and Hunter Biden. Have you heard about this? I mean, he mentions that in passing. He the I need a favor has nothing to do with the it's, part it's, about it's, Joe it's, Biden. It's, it's still even kind of it's even strange. He would he would bring it up with, with the 2016 the, interference. No, What's no, wrong no, with no. It's, it's strange he would try to get the Ukrainian okay. government, the, the prosecutor or the people over there, to, to dig up dirt on the on the opponent's okay. potential opponent's side. Okay, so so Joe Biden. It's a bad look. Joe, So Joe Biden did what they're accusing Trump of doing. Joe Biden executed a quid pro quo. I've seen the video, and, yes. and, and, and he I, says, "I, I, I told we, them we, if we, you don't fire this guy, you're not getting the billion we, dollars." We, Is we, that not a quid pro quo? We, 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 I think our government engages in this kind of quid pro yes. quo stuff. For, 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 and it happens a lot. This is foreign for, policy for for, 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 for for the benefit of of values and things that we want to pr- pr- produce right. in other countries and, and positive results. We don't do it. From, from having our leaders do it for personal benefit. And what was Joe Biden doing it for, if not for personal benefit, of Look, his man, son's I'm, company? I'm, I'm totally, that Hunter Biden, it's bullshit. And all these people, kids who get these jobs and they don't do anything, right. and so, I think but, it's but, all no, bullshit. But, but, what you, but what you're talking about, Trump asking about something versus what we know Joe Biden did. Let me just interrupt. This flatboat, Spirit of the River, yeah. bourbon you bought is really good. Oh yeah, it's real tasty. I'm it's, it's, it's on special at. Uh, I guess so you, you even you even brought a fucking thermos of ice. Well, yeah, you that's know. very prepared. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we practiced on the Dave Sears. Sure I don't even bit. know how we got Cheers. into this fucking yeah. national, international. Yeah. We, you know, we, stuff. we you can't get avoid, avoid it right now. But, yeah, the, uh, the Ukraine is not weak. You know, say Ukraine is weak. Ukraine not. Oh, what's that? What's that? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Seinfeld, yeah. yeah. Ukraine, yeah, not they, Where they're playing Risk, they're playing on, the risk sub- yeah. on the subway. Yeah, he's so, like, I'm about to put a hurt on the Ukraine, is what Kramer Ukraine's says. getting yeah. a lot of fucking publicity, because they got, you know, the Orange Revolution, the Purple Re- all these revolutions they've had. They, and they kind of like... Poisoned by Russia, you know, wasn't that, wasn't, wasn't that their president who got, the, like, the... Yushchenko, yeah, 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 he got, he got yeah, the botulism. yeah. No, Ukraine I, is I spent a, a lot of time. I, sp- I spent a lot of time in Ukraine. I actually got kidnapped at gunpoint in Western Ukraine. Really? Yeah, the Arctic countries. We can talk about that later. Can we pay them to take you back? No. <laughs> yeah, I go back. It's fun. I like Ukraine. So let's go back. I want to talk about last Resetting, week. Resetting. Yeah. Let's re- do. A little, let's do the. Let's, we'll do a Russian reset here. Russian reset. Russian yeah, exactly. Reset. Uh, so last week we were at the uh, Alaska State Chamber annual fall forum. Right. And I was there doing some filming, and you were there. Uh, I moderated uh, the panel between Ed King and uh, Musin uh, Gitabi right. in the morning. The two economists, first thing in the morning. That was. I, I, I got there in the afternoon, so mm-hmm. I, I missed that riveting. Yeah. How was that? It actually was pretty good. I mean, they had some really, um, some really good insights into the economy, and you know, and talking about just some g- general topics as far as you know, what is the the economic impact of an income tax versus sales tax, just in general. You know, how would it be? The best to implement it here, you know, especially looking at production taxes. Because the Gutabi guys, yeah, ICER. Gutabi's right? from, yes, uh, UA uh, uh, ICER. And so their, their discussion on taxes was, was very interesting, you know, and, and Ed King, you know, was discussing about, you know, the pros and cons between, you know, an, a progressive income tax versus, you know, a sales tax that might be more regressive and that sort of thing. And to, so the best w- would be a system that's, that's low and broad where you're not overly taxing 
people punitively at the high end and you're not being regressive at the low end. But How about we just have a reasonable dividend to, and then we just don't have any taxes? Well, the thing, but you ha- because you have to get, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you, I don't think you should collect taxes in order to pay a dividend in the full Some form, people whether it's oil that. taxes or an income tax Some or people any want of that, that stuff. Well, I mean, you can't get the extra billion dollars really through income or sales taxation. I mean, the, the economic base in Alaska like is not really, uh, I think Walker's proposal was for six, seven hundred million, the yeah. income tax might have generated, which wouldn't have even closed uh, the deficit. And don't uh, forget, that takes a couple year. years to collect. I mean, you don't just collect it right away. You right, exactly. And... It's like with the start of a calendar year, the start of a fiscal year, that sort of thing. It would probably be the candle, calendar year because it would have to align with the federal fiscal year because I'm sure they would model it based on federal um, I think it'd be a federal, yeah, it'd be or a that sort calendar. of thing, a percent of that or whatever, or whether it was a head tax or, or anything. So, but no, that was an interesting, that was an interesting conversation. Um, certainly talking about, and you know, the unemployment numbers, because we're hearing a lot about, you know, that it's at a record low, which, you know, can be a good thing. But the big reason that that's happening is because the number of people seeking work, the denominator in the equation is lower. So we've lost population. People have, have stopped looking for two, work. two years in a row so, we've lost people. Right. right. So we, we're still, I think, 15,000 jobs below peak employment. But yet the unemployment rate has gone down because people have actually just gone ahead and left the state. Um, I wish and, I could get like moved away. so they're not collecting unemployment. I wish I could here. collect like point oh oh one percent of all those wages. Then I'd be fine. Because mm-hmm. that's what, that's my problem with the income tax is that people want to capture this out of state re- workforce income. But to me, that seems sort of like cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like, well, we want we're going to tax eighty percent of Alaskans just so we can get at this twenty percent of the non resident workforce. Yeah, they're you talking know, about the so, slow, slow so, people. And right, the, exactly. And then, you know, or, or tourist sales taxes, seasonal sales taxes. Alaska is always trying to get somebody else to pay. I always want to get the non resident workers to pay, want to get the tourists to pay for everything. And then Alaskans don't want to actually chip in on I, their I, own. I think, kind I think of, Anchorage should probably have a seasonal sales Anchorage tax. Should, Anchorage should have a year round sales I mean, tax. Just, just, I mean, it's ridiculous for Anchorage to have the kind of tax base they do and to not even have like a penny. The, the, penny the, the only thing is you have to, and, you, can always, it, you can never go bind a future, you know, legislative body, but. I'd want it to, to be a, a means to offset all or partially offset the property tax, but the the issue you face is like then you get a new new stream and the taxes the property taxes right. don't change. You would what you'd want to have is a, a sunset date on something like that. I would think if if the city came out and said, look, here's the projects X Y Z that we're going to do with this money. We're going to collect this penny sales tax or two penny sales tax for ten years, and this is what we're going to do with it. These are dedicated projects. I think you could get people to buy in and say, like, hey, <laughs> we're going to build a, a mental health facility of our own. You know, or we're going to, you know, improve these trails or improve these roads or we're going to do this is what we're going to do with your sales tax money. It's not just going to go into the general fund like the gas tax did. Cause that's you, what irritated me. You know, one of Hammond's uh, one of Hammond's regrets is he, he was for the income tax. Right. And he said his big regret was um, not just putting the income tax down, to z- leaving it on the books and putting it down to zero. Right. So to have the option of being able to, to bring it, you know, yeah. raise it again. It's really taken people's skin sort of out of the game. Yeah. I obviously. Mean, and. and it's it's just for all the people who point to Hammond about the dividend, um, and his positions weren't there. Over time, I mean, there's different things he said he said about it, but they they always leave out that he fucking favored the income tax. Mm. Like yeah. people don't really talk about yeah. that. The people are Hammond dividend father. Well, right. What about the income tax? Yeah, and there's some people out there like Heathley in particular that are very adamant about. You know, attack. That guy, that guy yeah. has a fucking hard on for the goddamn <laughs> dividend. Well, he Man, loves he loves that tax. PFD. Yeah. yeah. Um, Woo. He's yeah. really excited about the PFD. You know, I just, the thing with the dividend, too, where my position is kind of, you know, if we're going to run this state like a business, like they were, like they were always getting told, we need to run this place <laughs> like a business. Well, 
when you have a business, you don't shovel your free cash flow out the door when you're losing money. You know, you, you think you think BP you, was giving a dividend when they had the Deepwater Horizon? <laughs> well, no, well, yeah. I mean, they had to sell whatever sixty billion dollars worth of stuff. But, a little bit but, of the I, but I will tell you that, like Conoco Phillips, when Conoco Phillips uh, lost four billion dollars in a, in a year, they did not pass out a dividend. They no, they, no to- they cut their dividend by two thirds. They cut it from seventy five cents a share to twenty five cents a share. So they did a, a drastic two thirds cut in their dividend when they were losing money, and they then turned around. I think that saved them around a billion dollars a year. And they turned around and they kept spending a billion dollars a year in Alaska building stuff, even when they were losing money. And so that's why this tax initiative is so uh, destructive, because they, yeah, have the to make, tax, yeah. they have to make profits in the legacy fields to pay for the new fields. You, you can't just spring a billion dollars to build Moose's Tooth out of thin air. Andrew, there's, mo- getting, there's money know. everywhere. It's just there's so much money everywhere. Okay? It's unlimited money. That's right. It's all the fairy dust and the unicorn tree. And it, oh, if we just got our fair share, if we just so, got our fair share. Let's go back to the chamber thing I want oh, to yeah, talk the chamber about. Thing, so so yeah, there was, there was a panel talking, later with uh, Will, moderated by Willis Lyford with Ben Stevens, Senator Kathy Giesel, uh, Speaker, Senate President Kathy Giesel, Speaker Bryce Edgeman. And it was that, I thought it was going to be one of these boring, scripted, you know, standard mm. deals. And it was far from that. No, it was, um, it was gold. It was just the whole thing was just like very telling and it was very frank and open discussion. But at the end, uh, during the kind of wrap up period, right. Bryce Edgman, Speaker Edgman, kind of went, I don't know, he went full honey badger. He, and, uh, and as far as you, you know, in that kind of environment, I would say that's about as honey badger as you're going to get. <laughs> um, he, 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 he basically, at the end of his remarks, remarks, he said, and I encourage everybody to, you know, look at this budget and a lot of you folks came into my office last year and said you support the budget and the chamber came out with this thing and I said, do you know what's in it? Do you know what's not in it? And he said, I think he said, um, be more informed. Yeah, or inform he yourselves. said I would encourage, encourage you, you know, he said that uh, he had people come in and say, oh, we had no idea that they took that position, but you did when they didn't. But, and then he said, you know, so I would encourage you to be more informed, you know, and help us as we pivot away from, you know. I, I thought the, it was the, a bit of a honey badger moment, but it was also, it everybody, was, everybody was very like, people were like, Holy fuck! Right, right. It was well, kind of, it was hundreds, hundred people in the room. Right, more, probably. It was really ripping a scab off of something that Katie spent a lot of time in her first months as as the the chamber president, kind of putting the bandaid on. So let's go to, back and explain. Fix. So okay. there was an email that came out before Katie started. So Katie started in I think April. The email came out in February. Yeah, uh, the when it was the day that Dunleavy's budget came out. So we can just kind of recap this. So uh, the day the budget came out, February thirteenth. Uh, the Alaska Chamber put out a Valentine's statement. Day massacre. Yeah, yeah, the day before. Because, yeah, that was the massacre of the Republican majority uh, in the House was the next day. Um, but so I'll just pull it up and read it directly so I don't, I'm not paraphrasing here. So the Chamber put out a press release on uh, February 13th, the day <laughs> Dunleavy's budget dropped, you know, like an A-bomb on everybody. Headline was, Alaska Chamber agrees that it's time for Alaska to live within its means. Okay. The opening paragraph then reads, The Alaska Chamber applauds Governor Dunleavy for proposing a spending plan that matches current revenues. This action will surely prompt necessary and critical conversations that must occur across Alaska in order to achieve a durable and sustainable fiscal plan. So when the email came out, and I told you this at the Chamber, Mm -hmm. several people emailed me, like Chamber members, who were like affected by the fisheries landing tax proposal Mm -hmm. or by different proposals or property tax transfer. And they Mm -hmm. were like, what the fuck? So when I read it, I see applaud. I mean, when, when you applaud right. something, true. You're, you're true. But people got, or they were so hung up on read on seeing applaud that they didn't really read the statement look, look, or or actually compare it to you know past look, statements. A little bit of Dunleavy derangement syndrome. I think. I mean, a little bit. Yes. And and I think if I mean and and again, 
Katie, you know, wasn't there. She had, a, and then, and they didn't really, and because uh, Curtis, I don't know if Curtis had officially left by then to go to the Alaska Energy Authority. I think he Curtis was there actually. So you had the VP Albert Fogel, who was there for like a month, <laughs> who, who actually put out this statement, and he did it through their communications director, who has also now gone to, over to work with Curtis. Well, I think probably but, some of the board had something. There's well, certain folks on the board that had connections to. Uh, you know, Peckerman's sisters on sure, porches but on the I board. Mean, you know, I mean, that's, it's easy to sort of look for a, a conspiracy, but if you go back and you look at the 2015 press release and this that is, the this, chamber this, put this out. Is, this, this is interesting. Where, you, you brought this up. Right. This is interesting. And this is, and, and, and I think because ordinarily I would, I would agree that that is some super spin by the chamber to say, no, 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 we didn't endorse the budget. We endorsed putting forward a plan because the chamber for 20 years now has has been saying the state needs a long term fiscal plan. I was saying that when that, I ran in twenty twelve. Okay, well this goes back for twenty years. You know, or the, the the alliance is another one that has been harping for years about. You know, back when the the budgets were big and bloated, and uh, you know, and the oil revenue was pouring in, Alliance was like, "You guys are spending way too much money." You know, this is all going to come to a head, etc. So these organizations have said the state spending it was, it was, needs it was, to come it was, down. In 2013, it was popping right eight billion dollars. Right. So the chamber, the chamber has always had a policy, and they vote on this every year at the fall forum that we were at. And they say, what are our legislative policy positions? And anybody, any chamber member can put forward a proposal. And one of the proposals that's been up every year is we want a durable long-term fiscal plan. And they've supported a spending cap on operating budget uh, 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 spending. That's been a longstanding priority of the chamber. So the the 2019 press release, again, says in the first paragraph, we applaud the governor for putting forward a budget that spends within I gotta revenue. You, I got to give you I got to give you credit on this find. So this so in 2015, now this is Walker's first term, 6 months into it, um and he had hosted the fiscal summit. You remember this up in Fairbanks? Yeah, where they, they put they all, all stayed, the options they all on the walls. They all stayed in the fucking dorms, and, and they, everybody, you know, put the little dots the, and, and, on what they would support. They, they all that stayed sort in the dorms, and they, they bunked up in the dorms right. like college. Right. So this is the headline from 2015, and this is Walker who was talking about who he came in, and he was talking about oil tax increases, income taxes. Uh, increased mining tax, increased everything fish on tax, the table. everything. He was planning to increase every tax that existed and start new taxes and cap the dividend. Right, so that so he had a raft of policies that he was proposing. So the chamber puts out a press release, 2015, that says, headline: Business community applauds governor's focus on fiscal sustainability, calls for solutions that reduce spending, keep the economy moving. So why do they keep using the word applaud? And that's why that's why (laughs) that's why twenty this 2015 press release I think negates sort of the hyper spin that I would because without this 2015 press release I would agree that that's some pretty that, weak spin to say a, well that's a good fine that's a good fine and so what it looks like then you put the press releases side by side and they're virtually boilerplate the, the, they you just know, need to find a new word right well I, I think and I don't think Katie will allow that to happen again but what it says in the opening paragraph again this is from 2015 said members of the Alaska business community thanked Governor Bill Walker for taking initial steps toward putting the state on solid financial footing by asking Alaskans to take a hard look at government spending as well as potential revenue enhancements, and, a.k.a. And, and, taxes. And, 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 the chamber applauded well, well, a, pla- and, and, a plan that included taxes. And don't forget, that was at a time when the price of oil had fucking crashed under right. $30 a barrel right. or $29 it was, a barrel. It was around 40 in 2015. It went to 26 in early 2016. But, yeah, so we were looking at a $4 billion deficit back then. And the chamber, you know, they applauded, they thanked. A plan that included taxes that they are opposed to. But they said, thank you. Applaud. You put out a plan. We've been asking for a plan. This plan now starts a conversation about how we get there. Well, so so people, because of the, the times we're living in and because the Dunleavy budget was so severe, 
that people saw a plot and then their brain just clicked off. Now, I don't expect everybody to automatically recall what the chamber said in 2015. I don't, that's, I mean, that's, that's four years apart. How'd you find that? Katie brought it up to you at the event. I think it was during the oh, stand-up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because oh, I was filming, so I was doing what, a million things. Right, I exactly. Yeah, so I heard Katie talking about it, and she said, you know, in 2015, we thanked Governor well, well, Walker. So, so you after, know, she was kind of throwing her hands up. We always say that. After Ezra made the comment, you kind of put him on the spot. So she had to go up there and basically yeah. kind of, you know, quickly right, say, look, so, you know, there was some miscommunication. I wasn't here. What she, like, said, no, what she said was, you know, that what she said, that's misinformation the way you stated our position. Because Edgman, when he said... You did, as in you did take the position of supporting the budget. She said that's misinformation. And, you know, in the spirit of what they were talking about, because that was the big thing they talked a lot about was the communication and the lack of communication that was going on in Juneau during the session, especially between the legislative branch and the governor's office. Um, so, so Katie said, you know, in the spirit of the communication and, you know, opening the frequencies and everything, we'll sit down with you anytime and explain exactly what our legislative priorities are and what exactly, you know, our position was on the budget. They applaud the plan. Just put out a plan. And then, because if you don't, if no one puts out a plan, you can never actually come to a solution. But, like if so, but if somebody put out a plan that I fucking hated, right. I would say, fuck your plan. Right. But, but again, that's why the 2015 press release helps them. Because so, so they I, hated Bill Walker's plan. They hated... I was going to say, they, they weren't hated, a fan of the taxes. They, no, they hated the oil taxes. They hated income taxes. They But they said, Walker, you put forward a plan. Thank you. So, We've been asking for a plan. So I think going forward, we're probably not going to see the word applaud Oh, no, I don't anymore. think so. No. Unless it's very clearly no, applauding. I, no, I'm, I, I think, you know, Katie would would admit certainly that 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 applaud is you know maybe not the best word but again when you see they've used it twice for two different governors four years apart it looks more like boilerplate than it looks like taking a position mm-hmm. on the budget so i think so what so what and so katie spent months basically explaining this to the legislature explaining this to media explaining this to members why do you think edgman went wonderful honey bad i don't know why he would why he would open that up and, and sort of scold the chamber while he's asking for their help, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what he was doing. He was he was saying, you know, we, we need to, we're pivoting away from oil revenue. We need to use this earnings fund income or earnings reserve income, which is going to mean smaller dividends. And we sort of basically he was almost asking, could you endorse our plan? Could you applaud our plan of reducing the dividend and <laughs> using it? Right. Uh, please applaud. Right. Isn't that Jeb? Please clap. Please clap. Please clap. Please clap. That was his undoing. So, right when you're asking, <laughs> so when you're asking someone for support and for help, generally you don't want to insult them while you're asking for their assistance. And that's what Edgman did. Because, I mean, you, you saw who was in that room. That's, oh, about, yeah, a, that's yeah, about 100 of the most educated, most engaged, most well-informed people in the state, that's why they're at the fall forum with the chamber. Um, so, so to tell those people to be more informed, I don't, I don't blame Katie for being upset. I don't blame the members of the board who were there for being upset. Well, I think it's, it's, I think it's fine. I think they'll, they'll move on from it. Uh, it'll it'll uh, blow over, but it was, it was sort of one of those things where it's, you know, they, they spent an hour talking about communicating, and 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 you know, being optimistic and being positive. And so, in his closing remarks, he tells them to be more informed while simultaneously distorting their position. Was, and so, uh, so it was just a real clunker. I was glad I was, glad was, I was there to see that. Oh, I know, right? I mean, because I had thought about you know, because I have to. We go to press on Wednesday mornings, so I thought about doing my panel and then and then going back. But then when I saw the agenda, I saw Damien was speaking. Yeah, you got to stay for Damien. He's done. A, he's done. A, he was one of my top podcasts. Yeah. You're you're you're, yeah. you're 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 towards top two. Yeah, one of the ones top. we did. Got, Damien's got. awesome. He's almost in YOLO mode. Yeah, he right he, he definitely is. You're um 
Libby beat you. Governor Mike Dunleavy beat you. Jason Bruni. I got to check this. Check the. Bruni passed me. Oh, yeah. I thought I was in third for a while. There. Bruni, for some reason, I don't know. Maybe nowhere. it's all the pebble stuff. But his his was it people were probably during, combing for some stuff during session. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you got I'm sure people yeah, yeah looking for stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, so let's move on to let's go let's go recall. Right. Yeah, total recall. More, more news in the state. This yeah. You brought okay. with you an interesting case we're going to talk about. But, oh yeah. But we're what, what's today's day? The sixth. So um, yes. the the court has uh, the recall has gone to the courts now because yes. Clarkson. And division of division of elections denied the recall petition yes. based on, based on a Clarkson opinion, and this will take months to, to you know get resolved. Yeah, and it, it'll go to the Supremes either way. Mm-hmm. But you brought something we were talking about before the podcast started. This is a 2006 recall. Right. This is this is interesting. Um, attempt against uh, old boy Ben Stevens. Right. Because exactly because there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of case uh, history to look at as far as recalls in the state on the state there's, level very there's very little state level there's there's almost none uh there's two sort of major cases one's called minors uh or myers versus Berrien Berrien or Berrien Strait school district and then there's another one uh, von Straussburg or something like that um but there's uh versus the state but there was an interesting one that was footnoted because you know, I'm reading through Clarkson's opinion, and I'm looking at the footnotes because I, his, he's citing different case precedents and different case laws and that sort of thing. And there was also some citations from other states. So I wanted to see, is this from a Washington court case? Is this from a, a – there was like a Minnesota-type legal definition just for like a reference. Here's what other places use for, to define certain terms like neglect or incompetence or that sort of thing. Well, one of the footnotes in there is interesting because it references a case from two, that was uh, decided in 2006, and the judge in the case is Craig Stein. Hours. This was at the Superior Court level in Anchorage, and this was from the case trying to recall Ben Stevens, former Supreme Court Chief Justice. Yes. Yeah, so, so Stowers. I'm not sure when he. What did he? What did we see on? We looked him up. Well, uh, I think 18. He, no. Oh, well, he was 15 to 18. Yeah. He was Chief Justice. And, yeah. I think he went to the Supreme Court in like 2009. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he's been there right. for a while. And then he's been. He was he's three been years there, Chief yeah, Justice, was, and now he was. Right. He's uh, succeeded by Joel, Joel Bolger, right. current so, Chief Justice, right. but he's so, still he's still on the court. Right. So this is an interesting opinion. Because even though it happened at the Superior Court level, the judge who made this ruling is on the Supreme Court now and will presumably rule or have an opinion on this effort once it gets there. And so this was from the the, the case. This was brought by Citizens for Ethical Government uh, versus the State of Election. Is, that, is, of election. It, is that that? Are those those same anti-Palin people? No, I, th- I think I saw their name came up in some cases in Washington, too. I think they might be sort of maybe a national Talking type. Talking to Mike or, 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 Sorry. I think they might be in some sort of national organization. Might have had a branch up here. I didn't look up all the background on them. There were some least. citizens, anti-Palin citizens group. What the hell are they called? Citizens for Fair Government? I forget. But. In any case, they were, they, were, they were the ones who filed the petition to try to recall Ben Stevens during the, uh, in the aftermath of the VECO uh, mm-hmm. Scandal where it was alleged that they were and, and I, people were actually convicted of taking bribes from Vico that were in the legislation. Ben Stevens was caught up in that. He was never charged, uh, let alone convicted of anything. But there was a recall effort that was uh, started against him. And ultimately, uh, uh, Craig Stowers, who will rule on the Dunleavy petition, uh, he had some interesting statements in here because the thing about the recall petition, and this is what the, 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 the petitioners, uh, the recall Dunleavy group is arguing, is that the court has to accept the allegations as true. So, um, their, the, for example, their initial claim, you know, he didn't appoint a judge within 45 days. That actually can be proven by virtue of the calendar. But, for example, them saying he violated separation of powers by his veto of court funding 
based, based on, on, abor- based on the ruling on uh, elective abortions covered under Medicaid. So uh, what they're basically saying is, hey, you, you have to assume that it's true, and then the voters will get to decide whether it is or it isn't. So, but what's interesting about the Dunleavy petition is they are accusing him of, of violating a couple statutes. They're accusing him of violating the Executive Ethics Act, and they're accusing him of violating, I think, one of the, the public reporting requirement uh, statutes, right? One of the campaign finance well, laws. For the mailers? Right, yeah. And then they're alleging that he violated the Constitution as, in terms of the court veto and, and, and kept the legislature from exercising its uh, health, welfare, or health, welfare, and education functions or, or whatever. So they're alleging he violated the Constitution on one count, uh, the court, and they're alleging that he violated these other two laws on the mailers and Facebook posts and that sort of thing. So what's interesting about, to get to what Greg Sowers wrote in this ruling, it should be back on the Department of Law website by now. They didn't attach it originally to Clarkson's opinion, uh, but it was that's how I saw it was the footnote. But my boy Andrew Jensen found it. Well, I read the footnote and it said that, you know, that the opinion is attached to this letter. And then I get to the end of the letter and there's nothing further. So I Department of Law was very helpful. I said, could I get the transcript? And they tracked it down and posted it on their website. So they, they went ahead and added this. So anybody can go read this in the, in the, in the Clarkson opinion. It's an attachment. But the interesting part about Stowers' take on, because uh, Stevens was also accused of violating the Legislative Ethics Act. So we have a similar situation where there's an allegation not only of uh, grounds for recall, which doesn't have to be illegal, but... A violation of a law. So what Stowers wrote, so that in there in these mixed allegations, so it says if a petition, there's a statement in the form that X is illegal where the Constitution or some state law prohibits Y, that's a statement of law and it's appropriate for the court and indeed it's my duty to evaluate and to determine whether or not those are true and accurate statements of law. So when there's a mix of a factual allegation, mailers went out, therefore Dunleavy violated this law. Well, now the judge and the court will have to evaluate, does the factual assertion assumed to be true actually satisfy the standard that rises to violating the law? So the problem with this, and this was the the thing in, in, in the case of Stevens, so what's in the petition doesn't actually establish that Dunleavy authorized, does not establish that Dunleavy knew of or funded or did any of the mailers or was involved in it at all it just simply says you know dunleavy authorized or whatever but they don't establish that doesn't doesn't the buck stop with him well but see the thing is though if you uh if you're gonna allege he broke a law then you have to actually show that he was the one who who paid for it or that authorized it or knew about it or, or, or any of that stuff and what they say doesn't actually establish that under the law okay so if what they say does not rise to the level of establishing that he broke the law, then it has to be struck, according to what Stowers says. So if, so, if, if, if any one of those four reasons they've listed survives, it, it, go, it moves on, right? So they, they could Right, they need to get one of them to they get... Could, they could cut Right, so, cut and, and that's the thing. And so you can cut... So, so when people look at the things that are being alleged here, and for example, you know, the Medicaid veto, it's not... That's a you know a procedural mistake is not oh the accidental not, the accidental v- right right what does that rise to the level of incompetence as in lack of ability to perform duties I think that should be a very high bar to clear because for instance uh, in the Coghill case the the lieutenant governor when he was uh, trying to be recalled the 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 court actually found that the incompetence finding against him was was valid because he had made several statements that were 
at odds with election law. And now since his job as lieutenant governor is in charge of elections, the fact that he was not familiar with the election statutes, the court decided that was evidence of incompetence, that you got one job, elections, and you don't know. And the the seal. And And the seal. Right. And you don't know the election laws. Therefore, that was they found that uh, established incompetence as as grounds for a recall. Now, whether uh, an error on a veto that can subsequently be corrected either the v- the legislature can add it back you can put it in a supplemental budget it's not an irredeemable if, m- if, mistake if, so i think the incompetence one is going to get i don't think it rises to the level can, of can, can, incompetence can you imagine the uh, triggering that'll occur if this court knocks knocks this whole thing down? i mean the thing is the courts Ooh. have routinely knocked these things down you know i mean and the thing we've, we've the, never we've the, never had a statewide recall in alaska right and and there's a reason for that i think courts have been rightfully i think i think Attorneys general and divisions of elections and the courts have in general been very reticent to uh, to authorize a statewide recall. I mean, they I mean, they I, hold it to a high standard. So the case precedent such that there is, is that it's a high bar. I, I totally to have written, I read a, wrote a piece a month ago or I think over a month ago. I, I understand people are mad. I, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons to be upset with a lot of this, this budget, mm-hmm. but um, my, my view is they're, they're finding these tiny, these kind of almost technicality type things. Right. And if you ask, you know, the 49,000 signatures they got, if you ask all those people, right, mm-hmm. if you even ask mm-hmm. a thousand people who are mm-hmm. supporting it, why are you supporting the recall? They're 90% or more are going to say the budget vetoes. Right. Which isn't... It's a policy difference. You know, it's a, it's and, a policy problem. And, and, it's, it's not one of these... I mean, I guess you could go into the veto of the court system, but I mean, most people aren't going to even right. reference that. So True. It's, 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 it's kind of the intent of, of recall in the Constitution is... You know, for 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 somebody who did something real fucking bad, right? Like and really, that, really, really, really messed and up. And that was the intent, and and that was, I think, an overlooked part of Clarkson's opinion, is that if you go back to the minutes of the Constitutional Convention and they debated, and the courts the, will the, do, the courts will the, do this, right? Exactly. So the the grounds for recall, and I mean, and and the courts that are the cases that are on the books in terms of uh, uh, Myers. Uh, in particular, which was a, a school board recall case from up in uh, up in Nome, uh, in the Barry Strait School District. But what? Uh, the, so the the courts have not been willing, I don't believe, to uh, to get let a lot of these things get very far. Um, they do have a presumption towards allowing the people to have a vote, but when you look at the the, the legal substantiality of the case and the constitutional minutes were that they did not want it to be used for anything. It's, it's because some states do have. It's that. interesting though the two of the. Reasons they list directly affect the court system. They're the not appointing the judge right, and but, the veto. But he, but he, so but it's he, just kind of. I mean, I, you, you wonder how right. impartial. If I'm a judge, I'm thinking like maybe they're, maybe they're thinking, you know, fuck this guy. Right. Well, I mean, I mean hopefully maybe, they don't do that. That you, shouldn't be the you, you way. You hope not. But right. But the thing with the Palmer judge, he appointed the judge. The judge, the judgeship was filled. But it do, was do, filled do, before. Do, do, it was, do you remember that Bold, Bolger wrote that letter and kind of said, "Hey, let me let me let me explain to you how this thing works." Right, <laughs> and that's and that's all fine. That's that's fine. The push and pull, but we've already seen that um, the Constitution is ultimately controlling. The Constitution says governors shall fill vacancies when they occur. It does not say forty-five days in the, the Constitution. 40, yeah, the, the statute does. Well, what have we seen with PFD? The formula that's in statute does it matter? No, the ninety well, the day. Court said, the court said it didn't matter. Right, so. the ninety day, the ninety day uh, session that the voters passed. Does that matter? No, nope. no. Nope. Uh, the law that says the governor can call a special session where he wants to. Was that followed? 
No. In the court in the courts. Right, right. So I know it's in the courts now. It's still being I, still I think when they, when they when when they said this PFD is subject to appropriation, they should have I don't know. I almost feel like they should have fucking got rid of that statute. I wish they would have struck it down. Just like, hey, get rid of yes. the statute and then I you guys would, can figure right, out how you're gonna do it right, each year. Right. I wish they would have done that as well. I think it was kind of like a a, a, a really half ass Solomon type moment where they said no it you don't have to follow the formula, but we're not going to strike down the formula either. So we've still got the same problem four years later in that the statute's still on the books, even though the legislature has conflicting statutes between the percent of market mm-hmm. draw and the formula, and they've never reconciled them. So you do have two competing the, the, laws that are, that are in a conflict there, with each other. There was one guy that was recalled uh, on the local level, um, kind of who I think is a yeah. bit of a legend, Steve Menard. Right. Wasilla oh, City Council. Yeah. You remember the story? Oh, yeah. I was here for that. He, he I was in Sitka, yeah. I think, yeah. Sitka. And they were at a Alaska Municipal League conference. And the dude went to the hotel room and was partying. Mm-hmm. And he, he fucking pissed everywhere and set the room on fire. Yeah. He, like, he, like, torched the fucking bed on fire. <laughs> and he, like, crashed the fucking room. Right? And then when he yeah. checked out, I think he was like, yeah, like... Bill to the city. Joe Walsh over here. So, yeah. so, 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 so they had a recall election, and he, I think he got like, it was like, you know, whatever, was only hundreds of votes, right. but he was like 95% recall right. or something. Yeah, I mean, and, that's, and, and, it's, and it's much easier to recall a, a local official than they tra- it is. They, so they, they, they tried to recall official. Lindsay Holmes right. over the tr- switching parties, which didn't fly. Right. They tried to recall, I mean, they, there's currently this Kathy Geisel, this kind of a joke no thing. No one's ever even filed anything on that, though. No, it's just a p- Facebook. But, I mean, the, the, but the Lindsay Holmes one kind of went. They tried to recall Stevens there. It didn't right. go. It, it right. I mean, down. think about what Stevens was, was accused of. And the courts were like, no. Nothing you've alleged, you know, rises it, it to the level such a of, of having a slippery slope when you start to just recall people. You don't because then, if, if you can do it, right. think about what decisions politicians are going to make. Right? Oh fuck! I better not. Uh, well, think about if it. It's it, a tough decision. Well, oh, right. I'm going to uh, get recalled. And there. the framers did not intend for it to be used for anything for for just policy disagreements. It's it's in the minutes of the Constitutional I, Convention. I, I, they were because they, there there was some that said. No, you can just have a recall, and you just have to state why you want to do it in the petition, and it can go forward. And then, the, but the side that won out was the one that said, "No, the legislature will establish the the procedures and the grounds for for that every petition would have to meet." Not like California, where you can, if you just get enough signatures, you can you can recall I, a governor. I, um, you know, I, I've said it in the piece I wrote, and I've t- talked to other mm-hmm. folks, and I said, you know, the guy Dunleavy ran, and he promised all this money. And most people didn't really think to ask about. I mean, in some ways, you kind of get you you, you 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 know you get what you pay for. Like, I mean, you get what you get. Like, well, like and you also you know how do you how do you how do you fucking pay seven thousand dollar dividend a, right and not have to think about how that's going to happen? But there's a lot of lesser of two evils, people too. I think. I mean, he got a lot of votes um, that I think Begich could have gotten if Begich didn't support the Salmon Initiative. Well, Begich lost made a cal- he miscalculated, that. thinking there was going to be a three way type thing. Yeah, but I mean, and even that three way would put him in third place because I, I, Walker. I don't even think he actually <laughs> really supported that. The truth. No, he I didn't. Think. I think it was a it political was, calculation. Yeah, yeah. And so the, I think the people in the middle who had seen him as being a pro-resource guy for his whole career. I mean, this guy in, in the Senate fought for Anwar. He fought for mm-hmm. OCS. He, he, you know, he, he fought for the King Cove Road. I mean, he get, Begich was a pro-resource guy. He always had been. And so for him to turn around and try to take that position, it was so nakedly political that it turned off so many people that they ended up voting for Dunleavy, just figuring, huh, how bad could he be? You know, and then, you know, the execution of everything. Then when he hired Tucker Man, everybody went, oh, shit. Now, remember your, not uh, remember go your Godfather article? Yeah. <laughs> and that was the, the, the Fredo thing? and the, That was the, uh, well, no, it wasn't Godfather. It was any given Sunday. 
I did use a Godfather I, reference. A Godfather in there. Refer- I said so- I said he was governing as a combination of Fredo and Sonny. <laughs> it's like incompetence and, and vindictiveness wrapped up in one. So know? let's let's um. But uh, uh, but yeah, just on the recall, I just you know the thing that I just want people before they get their hopes up because it's interesting. Linda Muth kind of gave up the ghost. Too with her quote about it was in the ADN today where she said, you know, if they hadn't illegally rejected this petition, we could be having the recall election in the middle of the legislative session. And, you know, Alaskans deserve a, a different governor for the budget and for other bills. So you're just putting it right out there. This is politics. Well, they, this well, is they, about they, the budget. They, and it's they, about they, politics. They knew it was going to either way. It would have been challenged. Right. Of course. So it's like, but so they're but but by her saying we could have had this election in the spring during the session. Oh, well, could that, you they, imagine? They, they, they don't want this election. They definitely don't want it to be held in the to, to correspond with the general. That's a Trump year. That's they want a special. They want a special election, sure. standalone sure. election. But all I'm saying is, if the recall has to be substan- substantive grounds, not just for policy differences, she really gave up the ghost by saying we need a different governor to deal with the budget. It, it is interesting too that like John Lindemuth and Scott, you know, Kendall, former Walker people, mm-hmm. are kind of like lead, leading the charge on this. Of thing. course, yeah. That's yeah. Um, we have no access to grind or you know anything like that. Like, I can't believe we lost to this. And guy. Like, I like I like both of them. You know, yeah. I mean, they're doing what they're doing. But you know, yeah. and yeah, but it's just it's just funny to me how like you know Clarkson can put out an opinion. Oh, he's just Dunleavy's lawyer, and then the the recall put out a, a, a legal opinion. Oh, well, you know the, the 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 recall backers said that Clarkson's wrong. Like, well, Clarkson says they're wrong. Okay, that's why there's a court system. You know, but one once one oh he's biased. He's the governor's lawyer, and these people are just these disinterested observers over here who just have their own legal opinion. You know, and it's just oh well they said it's not right that Clarkson did this, <laughs> and it's given somehow more weight than what Clarkson's writing, which is which is researched and cited. And and this, the, I I just want to harp this. You know, the Stowers thing is very. Interesting in that because they're alleging that he broke laws and violated the Constitution, you have to establish that in those little 200 words. And I don't think they did. And so if it falls back to the only thing that is even considered is the 45-day judge thing, when that's not even in the Constitution, I just don't feel like this is going to – I don't feel like this is – I talked to my lawyer friend today. He he thinks it will take two to three – this will take two to three months. Oh, yeah. And then he thinks it will take another – to the Supreme level, it'll right. take another th- four to five months. I'm, I'm predicting it's going to take at least 11 months to so, get so, through so, the Supreme Court because the Stanford Salmon took 11 months to get through the Supreme Court, and the um, PFD lawsuit mm-hmm. took 11 months took, to get took, through. Took a while. The, took, yeah, took 11 I'm months. Sorry, those, were hard, both, those were both expedited. I'm having a hard time taking you seriously with that Los Poyos Hermanos <laughs> Los shirt. Los Poyos Hermanos. From fucking Breaking Bad. God, Chicken like, Brothers. Where'd you get that shirt? I got It just popped up in my Facebook feed one day, and I was like buying that. I Definitely don't, I don't know buy why. That. I must Los, have had Los Hermanos. Yeah. Make sure to order it really, really large. Because the first time I ordered a large, and it was like a medium. Yeah, it's a pretty tight fit on you. Yeah. Man. I, I like that. I know. But, um, you know, I got about 15 minutes left before right. I go uh, get another little meeting tonight. But I want to go I want to go into my war on woke. Man, you have been just man. on it. Woo! You've just been on it, man. This it, is... it, it, it just, you know, I, I consider myself, it's funny because I consider myself, you know, progressive in the sense of like i understand historical injustices i understand there's a history in this country that right. is, it's affected disproportionately a lot of you know especially black people and people mm-hmm. native americans like I'm, mm-hmm. all, I'm all about that and i understand the effects it has today but this woke thing has gone to this fucking level where it's like from some of these people if if they're quote-unquote woke i mean it's like this article that i shared the new york times article right mm-hmm. that, that talked about um, these woke people are justice, social justice warriors. They don't have any friends. They just have allies. Yeah. They're only as good as they are when they're on the same page ideology-wise. Right. As soon as you, you aren't. And it's just wild how, how people 
just think so many of these folks, they think they have the moral high ground. They think that if, they, if they're right, then they can scold you and they can, mm-hmm. and they can try and to, the can, rules they can try to cancel you. The they can rules try to change every day. Right. I, I mean, Martina Navratilova, mm-hmm. civil rights icon, broke ground for women, for, or for, for, for gay women, um, you know, became you know achieved a level of acceptance and dominance that was not easy she's a civil rights pioneer these people are going after obama now and she and navratilova made the mistake of saying hey you know this guy who just won the cycling race it's really not fair he's competing against women it's not and no it isn't fair and who, and who know a little bit more about you know I don't know fairness or or civil rights or or, or anything and how how hard women had to work to even get their own sports, you know, and to be taken seriously. And now you have men who are coming in and winning women's sporting events, just, winning it's, winning it's, weightlifting it's, events, winning it's, cycling it's, events, winning track I, events. I, I think the you, uh, you know, I just you're, saw you're, an article that the U I think USA Weightlifting just just banned. Just ban men competing in women's, right. and, and they've right. gotten all this like they're like not included. It's like it's fucking crazy. It is ridiculous. Women have fought so hard f- for their own space to you know to be recognized as legit competitors that where you can watch women's sports and be entertained by it. they've you know and, and to tend to see men come in like, like what if, what if and, we just had one NBA right I mean could you <laughs> right yeah it would it I don't I, you know <laughs> you're a sports guy Della Don is pretty amazing but she wouldn't score a single point you know in an NBA game you're, I mean, you're, you're a sports I mean, guy it's just, but, but it's, it's just, and, that, and that's the other thing too is you don't see women transitioning into men and playing in the NBA. You know, it's only going one direction. You're seeing men go into women's sports. <laughs> good, I mean, so it's, a, it, you know, how about the track, the track person who's like wrestling, shattering records? Yes, <laughs> wrestling, Shat- wrestling track. You know, I mean, you see the thing I share. It, the, and so, so it's like so when people like Martina Navratilova get strung up, um, when Obama. Dude, I mean, they're going after Obama now. I mean, Obama right, is this bad right. guy. This all okay of a sudden, boomer thing is that what? Is it okay to use the okay sign now again because it's part of this okay boomer? I, I don't even know what that. I, I just saw that a couple days ago. I know okay. I had to actually look it up because I kept seeing. I was like, "What the hell is this but, okay but, but, boomer?" But, but, it's like, it's like know, some like okay old person. I mean, it, it, okay just, it just happened boomer. to coincide perfectly with all this stuff that I've been facing over this post mm-hmm. about the AFN. Right. That's where it kind of started. But yeah. then a week later, Obama comes out and he says, "This woke stuff is just right, crazy." Right. He goes, "You can't yeah. be just I'm woke. I feel good about myself. I called you out. You've done nothing." You know, well, Jeff, I think what a lot of people got mad at you on the on the woke AFN thing was that you don't really know the background of those women. Actually, I do. Do you know that one of them was dating a friend? One of them. Do you know? Did you know then? Did you know it then, or do you know it now? <laughs> I mean, come come on. I mean, it, Jeff, the one of the first things I learned up here is that you know, as a I'll do my I, confessional I, I, here. I, I As know, a white I, male of privilege, I, I, know this. I, I look, look. One of the first things I learned was that you couldn't judge uh, heritage up I, here I, based I, on, I, on look, appearance. I know that and too, so, and, and that's what you got what, jumped what, on what, for. What, what I was, what, and, and what, if I could have gone back differently, mm. I would have maybe been a little more. I would have explained a little more mm. what I was trying to say, but a lot of people who were there, who were native people that I knew, mm. were talking about this protest and were saying it was bullshit that they were protesting in the first place. And second of all, there were people that weren't part of AFN that weren't delegates, and those women, by the way, weren't delegates, and they right. were sitting in the delegates right. section. Right. So what I was saying is, like, I've been to AFN before. You know, I, it's not mm. my place to go and use their their event for my issue. Right. But and, there was definitely natives that were protesting. There was there was some that yeah, were chanting, and, and, that were holding their fists up, and, that were standing back. When, when they got that, called out by um, yeah. when they got called out by right. Romeo, they. Right. they they didn't know what the fuck to do because it was like all of a sudden they got basically like called right, out right, right by somebody saying this is not what we're about. Yeah, but I think what what people jumped on you for was assuming they were white. I think was 
was the thing because I think you got a lot of people saying, oh, you know, hey, I'm native. I'm also a guy. Well, it was, it was sent to me by somebody who, who I trust who said, mm-hmm. you know, why are these white women, pro-, you know, and right. it was a quick tweet and, and a right. Facebook post. And that, it was I like, think, would be a good probably just to think maybe five minutes. I, I, you know, because people get you spun up, Jeff. People get well, you, you a little you, bit. You, you know, you, you, if, if I if I talk do you know hundreds hundreds of podcasts, mm-hmm. and right. I write you write millions right. of words and right. hundreds of posts, mm-hmm. thousands of posts. Right. You're gonna right. once in a while, yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's like they, they focus on the oh we we got him, we got right. him, right? We got him, let's right. get him, right? And you know, and, and that's one reason why you, why you, you do have to be kind of careful what you what you tweet and what you post, and also be careful of people trying to use you. Oh, I okay, know. Well, because this person, obviously people this person are, sent me that as somebody you know, that I trust. Sure, but you know the you know let's like just go back to the chamber thing where oh well people were sending you this what are they doing what are they doing well you know so they're spun up and get spun up to you and then you start picking up I'm on sure, their I'm sure you, you, you people send you stuff too oh I'm yeah sure. no, all I mean, the time I, people oh people have they all have you know, an agenda. ever since I've gotten up here everybody you know wants to have, you know have a coffee have a sit down whatever um, where they can lobby you and or or try to feed you one side of a story and that sort of thing. Oh, I, here's some documents. Here's this. Go yeah, look I, in this I, direction I, and stuff. I, I see it every day. And, you know, and people are so. I, I actually know. have the greatest respect for the people. There are there are a few people that I deal with either like legislative type people or lobbyist type. There there are a few that actually just uh, they tell you their agenda, right? Which I really appreciate. They say right. like, here's my agenda. Here's what I'm trying to do. You know, because some people, which I really hate, is uh, they, they they give you something. And they give you half the story, right? And then they don't tell you what. And you, yeah. Eventually, you figure it out, and then yeah. you, you don't really trust those people anymore. You, right. you know, they have right. They're trying to use you. They, they have an agenda, wanna, right? And so that's just the one thing where where we always have to be careful of in the media is okay. Why is somebody giving me this information? You know, what mm-hmm. are they? What are they? Why do they want me to publish this? Who are who are they trying to get at? Or you tell, know, tell are me they? Or am I Yeah. Or or am am I subsuming their their anger or whatever? Like. For, from the AFN thing or from the chamber budget or whatever, um, that there's always kind of more to it, you know? And I think that's one thing, like this recall, I think is another good the, example the, the, where the, people the, are sort of looking at it like, you know, like the 45-day thing. Well, okay, sure, but let's take a little bit deeper look at the 45 days. Okay, yes, that's in the statute. It's not in the Constitution. He did fill the judgeship eventually. The vacancy of the position was never actually vacant. So as a court, oh, well, he definitely broke the law there because no, of 45 I mean, the, the, days. The one thing the court does is they, they people on the surface look at this stuff like you're saying, right. that the courts actually fucking dig in. Right. And they, they do a deep, deep dive. Right. And they're going to have, an, like, the thing you're holding right there, a yeah. long opinion come yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the same thing with, with the constitutional argument because w- when you look at the court veto, okay, if Dunleavy had made no signing statement, just vetoed three hundred and forty thousand dollars, what he would have done would have been legal, correct? Correct, yeah. So, no, I, th- so I think it was. I think it was dumb. I think it was very dumb to put the sure, statement there. But for the one thing that they're transparent about, you know, I would, I would for, just, a, I would, for a not very transparent I administration, I would have put, put. I guess they're trying to send the message, but I would put. Yeah, times right. are tough. Sorry, <laughs> right? I mean, because that's what it said for lots of stuff. It just said, you know, in times of fiscal austerity, you mm-hmm. know, all budgets must be reduced. Blah blah blah. You know, they could have put some some lame. Thing. They could have put you, nothing. You, 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 you on know, it. I'll, I'll tell you something that I, I've heard. But that's why I think a court's going to be reluctant to look at it and say, "Well, this action is constitutional, absent the statement." But because he made a statement, we're going to rule the line item veto I'll, unconstitutional. I'll tell you, there was it's a, a, something it, I learned. I learned later, and I, haven't, I don't think I've said this publicly yet. But there was what I found much later was there was a huge internally fight about that statement in, in, in the governor's office, and there was a lot of people who said this yeah. is not something we should be fucking doing, right? And they got overruled, and they yeah. ended up putting. So there was a huge mm-hmm. fight about people thinking this is really unwise to put this language. It was there. a really it was, it was another one of those unforced errors, uh, you know, veto it and and 
don't say anything and forget it or or don't do it uh it's just it was it was they they picked so many of these fights that are not really necessary I think 80% yeah. of the problems are yeah. just unfor- you know, right. forced errors. Right. Picking, are- picking fights over things. You know, like the Medicaid rate reduction, you know, they end up having to backtrack and pay the providers anyway. Um, but we got lost on the whole thing about the woke. You know, go- going yeah, on the woke thing because that it's it's been – I mean, I've, the way I've interacted, you know, because I've had to block a couple of people on Facebook because it's just not worth it. Um, anymore, and in some people they they get too personal because that's where one thing where you know during the Obama years, I criticized Obama. You know, I never posted things like "If you voted for Obama, you're an idiot." <laughs> if you vote for Hillary, you're stupid. You know, but but the the flip side of things, but but at the same time, anybody who criticized Obama was a racist. Anybody who criticized Hillary is a sexist. You know, and, and well, so I, I, and so people I, I, get so this was like the roots of woke and this sort of thing where you know like oh you just don't you can't stand a black president you I, know I, like, I, I, oh, I think there wasn't the, I think there was definitely an, there was an, there was some truth to that there was an element of that people you know I, I think that was but they they try to put that on everybody right who 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 doesn't so if you don't like somebody who happens to be a non-white straight male mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. then it's like then you're the, you're attacking them because of some right, other reason not right. because of what they said right. or what they you're, did you're attacking them because you're it's not that you disagree with their po- their political position it's because you don't like women <laughs> or you don't like black people or you don't like like if you want to if you want immigration law enforced well you're racist against brown people no doesn't mean that at all i mean i think if you look at trump's approval rating with hispanics it's better than i think with almost any other segment of the population i think i, I mean, mean he, i mean the, the, the term i i um I, I don't like the term white privilege because of what it's come to mean and in, in, in right. how people use it. But I totally acknowledge, you know, that I was 22 and I was having, you know, I had a few drinks, probably more than I should have. And, you know, I drove home and I mean, I wasn't drunk or anything, but I was probably, you know, borderline, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I got, I, I turned and it was, there was no cars and I just turned on from Tudor on the highway and I got, I got lit up. I got pulled mm-hmm. over, right? And the guy, I'm fucking scared to death. I'm 21 or 22 years old. And he comes over and he, you know, asked for my ID and I was with my ex-girlfriend and, where are you going? And you know, have you, you know, where you, where you where were you coming from? Mm-hmm. Down, you know, have you had any drinks? Two, two. The, the yeah, standard, they've right? never heard that one. Before, you know, they never, yeah. so he comes, he comes back, he goes to the car, and he's gone for ten minutes, and I'm, I'm fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to get the tet, whatever's going to happen, right? Maybe get a DUI, I don't know. And he comes back, and he goes, you know, I know you live close by. I want you to drive straight home. And I understand that that me being a twenty one year old, you know, white kid mm-hmm. with no criminal background, I probably got a little bit of a break there. Right. You know, like I, I acknowledge that. But to, to, to say that everything that in, in my life that I've done or that all the success is because I'm a white man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, and it's, to say that everybody's a victim, they want to be a victim. They they look for the how am I oppressed? Like, where right. am I oppressed? How, right. And we're I the mean, least oppressed country on the planet. I mean, in the history of the world, at, in the history of our society, in the history of the world. Right. Is, and not to right. say we don't have problems. We have a lot of problems. Oh, of course we do. We have but, problems, criminal justice. We have problems with incarceration, you know, unfair levels of incarceration right. for but people, it, people but, of color. And who's been trying to fix that? Trump's done some stuff. Yeah, that, you know, even even he's the been acknowledged by some. It. Yeah, so the, he got on, an award at a historically black college uh, for because of the First Step Act. You know, Van Jones. Van Jones is not a fan. Yeah, I remember when he went. Yeah, but Van Jones was at a panel where he was talking about you, dang conservatives are taking my issue because the First Step Act was built on prison reforms in well, Texas, well, I mean, I mean, Hillary, Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and Bill Clinton, Mississippi. Bill, Bill Clinton were, were he was he signed the bill the. In the nineties, yeah, about the three strikes. I mean, all this three stuff about bill. yeah, the war on drugs, the three, and, you know. and, and the uh, what, what was it called? Um, the predator. What was the term? 
They, they, uh, super, well, super Hillary predator. talked super, about super, super predator, predator, and that was a term yeah. that was out there, right? And I mean, this is and they, they've all right. gone back, and they've also like we fucked up, we we shouldn't have done this, mm-hmm. and but they're still kind of it's it's not it's like but and Obama was president for eight years. Did he ever champion criminal justice reform? He never did. He never put forward a, a proposed piece of legislation. All he ever did was like commute some sentences. And, on, on the other and, side, on the other Trump side of it, in year one, signed the first step back. Uh, he said, "McConnell, I want this to come to my desk." And on the other side of it, you know, p- people say Obama, oh, blah blah, open borders and immigration. Mm-hmm. Obama deported under Obama, more people, yeah. two million people were deported, more than any well, other president. And our they, economist did a they, huge article about deporter in chief. Yeah, they they goosed the numbers because no, they it, counted no they counted turnarounds at the border. But they, they, they weren't talking about ice raids and businesses they, and then deporting they, people actively. They, they had were, deported more than any president. I know, ever. but they changed the the meaning of deportation to the people they caught at the border and immediately sent back. They called that a the, deportation, which traditionally the, 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 it was like a job saved or created. Jeff, no, you should no, look that up. But the, no, they there was not, a, there was a program called no, Secure Communities that Bush. At the end of his term, mm, right. that Obama ratcheted up, and they turned the local and state governments, uh, law enforcement, into immigration enforcement, and they were they were fucking in dro- and he right. lost a lot of support yeah. from people who were supporting him. They were pro immigration people mm-hmm. because it was so bad. Yeah. So I'm just right. saying, like, you, you, people have these ideas, and they they look they look mm-hmm. at what you know confirms their own kind of opinion, confirmation bias, right. and it's on both sides. But but this woke, it's like I have friends, I have conservative friends that we don't agree with, and. I'm not trying to generalize, but it just seems like the the conservative people, they're different than these hardcore mm-hmm. left, like well, on, on the progressive woke people. Well, we've been, I mean, Man, they, they, as they, they, conservatives, you know, they, the... I've had people we, tell me I'm a, I'm a fucking racist colonizer, people that I've right. historically kind of gotten along with. Right. Well, that's the thing is when, when people go to that versus, you know, or arguing over the merits... Of something because a lot of these like you can't have a talk about immigration policy without people calling you a racist. You know you couldn't talk about uh, you know Obamacare or, or or whatever without being without being called racist. Well, right? pa- without or, or the you know Hillary blaming sexism. You know or even actually going so far as to say that women just did what their husbands told in the voting. I, I think I think the biggest problem with this whole kind of movement of call it the woke or, or the justice social justice stuff mm-hmm. is that you have a lot of people. And you cannot you cannot live in a free society in a democratic society where people are scared to give their opinion because they're worried about being called a racist or being attacked by the mob. Right. And a lot of people just don't they don't talk much anymore. Right. Because they don't want to deal with it. And yeah. That's a that's a fucking Bill Maher is probably the biggest advocate for this stuff. Who says, you know, we shouldn't be just screaming at people because they said something we might not right. agree with. Because who gets to decide and who gets to decide today? Who decides tomorrow? This whole. The, the rules, the way the rules change every day, the way, uh, you know, that people can get fired, that a company. The baseball know, what, guy, the baseball, or the the guy who got the money, the million dollars, that had some tweet from 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he was quoting Daniel Tosh jokes, and this reporter went and dug up tweets from when, yeah, from eight years earlier, from when he was 16 and, years and, old. And, 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 and then. And not to under, <laughs> and, and it also, it, it also undermines, not, 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 you know, to say that there are some real fucking shitty pieces racist people out there sure know? and it's like those people should be yeah you know, be, maybe save it for call, them but, but it's like you can't if, if everybody's a racist then nobody's really a exactly. you know what i'm saying and that's I the mean, thing and that's where like where a lot of people have just sort of thrown their their hands up and said you know what i'm not even going to try to play your games anymore and i'm going to be deliberately provocative and deliberately triggering yeah <laughs> present my company war, my war occasionally on, my myself war where where you're gonna where you know when you look at like a dave chappelle 
where the critics gave him whatever 10% positive but the audience oh, I gave think him it was a like 99 zero. It was like zero. Like, at, for a while like the first 5 reviews were negative but then it was like it got up to like 28% positive and then he was like the, but it was a 99% positive audience yeah. score uh, you see that all the time on rotten tomatoes where the critics like if you see a low critic score and a high audience score it's probably a pretty good movie if you see like a high critic score low audience it's it's mm-hmm. it's no, dookie trust, you know because they then they put some stuff side by side like that bringing down the house or whatever with the, the movie about the squad and HBO did it or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomato critic rating, <laughs> but it's like a 60% audience rating. You know, because these critics, like, and the people who want, who probably like it's a, it's a self-fulfilling, self-fulfilling prophecy type type. Everybody's type scared show. to death of, of writing or saying something that's not going to come off as inherent as sufficiently woke. Well, the, the, um, and that's a time when you when you need to. Chappelle has talked about that a lot. You need to be in a time when you can't. You know, when it's dangerous to speak. Um, what, what did he say? When it's dangerous to speak recklessly, you need to speak recklessly because otherwise yeah. nobody's ever going right. to know what it's like to you know. Maybe I made a mistake, or I said yeah. I didn't phrase something. But here's what I think. Let me talk to you. Let right. Me, let's you know. Let me tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. Where I'm coming from. I don't yeah. want to be scared yeah. to tell you how I think because I'm going to be called a racist or I'm going to I'm going right. to be called out publicly for something that you know that right. we we all have different past. Right. We all have different experiences. We we all have different ideas and you know, there are shitty people out there who I really don't want to get engaged with. There's sure. a few people. But most people are. aren't aren't yeah. that. No, I mean most people you that you engage with in person, you know, would never act the way they act online. You it's know true. It's very it's, it's, what what's what's fascinating to me is you know that the the progressive left is very anti religion. But they've adopted all these religious trappings. You know, like why I think about it like with the climate uh, activists, like I call them co- climate Catholics, because there's dogma, mm-hmm. there's heresy, you have confession, you have indulgences, right? Carbon credits, like oh, I gotta, you know, I'm gonna fly my private jet to Italy Car- for fo- this for this climate change summit, but I'm gonna buy some offsets, right? Indulgences, and you've got uh, apocalyptic prophecies. I mean, that's they've adopted all these, tra- you know, dogma. Man-made climate change is real. It's happening right now, you know, and we're all going to die unless we repent, you know. Um, but yet, you know, for the privilege, for the elite, they can get, they can purchase an indulgence, you know, and still have their jet, still have their mansion, still have their heated pool and everything because they have the right politics. Lim- limousine, right? limousine liberals, right? They used to call so they, so they're, so they're allowed to have their, you know, and you can, you can take that into the woke culture too. Like you know, think of confession, right? I'm white male. Straight, uh, privileged person. I believe it's called cisgendered. But I have an opinion. Can I express it, please? Right? Like, I mean, like, so so there's like, you have to have this sort of con- con- confessional, right? Like, well, I'm a straight uh, black woman, so I can't speak to a Hispanic transgendered woman's experience. But, you know, like, so everybody's going to do a confession of their status before you can even yeah, express know, an opinion. Uh, so you have It's, to, it's so funny you, you mentioned the religious, because a friend recently told me that, that woke woke white people are the new church lady you know because yeah. you can't have any fun anymore right you can't say anything you can't oh right my God, uh, they're uh. they're like when you when you look at what they're trying to police you know the content uh the movies i mean they're what they always say you know the christian right was when they were like mm-hmm. oh that yeah. movie is obscene or that rap music is obscene they're becoming that Jerry, they're becoming, Jerry Falwell, they're no. becoming the i mean the, the heroes of free speech are larry flint and uh and luther campbell Two live crew and penthouse. Well, 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 you know, those and, are their and, landmark you, free speech. In the, in the cases. New York Times article I shared, you know, there was a whole thing about how how it used to be a very progressive kind of liberal value, 
of innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And now it's flipped where it's like right. for these people, you're if you fucking you're guilty, you're you know, right. if you did something, we think you did, right. you're guilty. Fuck it, you're yeah. guilty. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's a it's it's weird weird times, yeah. buddy. Yeah. I gotta I gotta run. I'm we late do. for another thing, but the hey. Andrew Jensen podcasts are always a hit. Well, I hope this one turns over, out well. Over an hour, buddy. How would we do? One oh six? Must be that uh what is that? Uh flat boat. Flat boat. I have to share some with, with Steer and I'm that unspecial? I miss that guy. It was it, yeah, at the Brown Jug on Fireweed. We gotta get a it's show, like, man. Yeah. Fuck, why don't they give us a show? They haven't I suits, haven't, man. Phone, suits. I checked check my phone. You suits. Know, suits. <laughs> All right, Andrew Jensen, uh, right, managing cheers, editor, buddy. Journal of Commerce. Give me a cheers there yep. on this flat boat. Lovely um bourbon whiskey. Appreciate you coming in. It's a kind of land landmine radio after dark here. That's right. Um Thanks for coming in. We'll do we'll do another one. Sounds good. And folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Landline.